0: Hello and welcome to Unfolding Sound, the podcast that explores the landscape of the sounds that move us. This is Wednesday, August the 31st, 2022. This is part of our series of local band reviews. Today our talent is coming from Kansas City. And as far as the genre, we're diving deep into synthwave, all the cyberpunk stuff, and maybe splashes of metal and retrowave here in this edition. We definitely have a lot in store. My name is Will System. And I'm Doug Leach. It's been a while since we've done some recording here. Doug, how has everything been in your world?
1: You know, it's been going okay. Just before the kids went back to school, we managed to make a, a trip out to Worlds of Fun. First time I'd been there without having really, really young kids with me in a long time. Possibly since I was 21. But we had a good time. Not everybody was all for the roller coasters, but everybody like picked out rides they wanted to do, and we hit up a lot. We went until people were just done. We were there for like good seven, eight hours.
0: I can't stand roller coasters, so I don't <laughs> I don't blame your kids.
1: <laughs> Some of them are very prone to motion sickness. So. Other interesting thing, uh, last night we'll watch the uh, documentary Who Killed KLF? It wasn't as in-depth as I would have liked to have been. It was very much a skim-the-surface of things that happened, but it was still good. Especially if you knew nothing about the KLF, which my wife only vaguely remembered some of the songs from back in the, the 90s and whatnot. Right. But she didn't know anything about the rest of it. They have one of the most weird and interesting stories possibly ever. <laughs> Yeah, it was
0: good. That's awesome. Last weekend was pretty exciting for me. Of course, you should know you were there. We went to the Hate Department and the Bellhead Show in St. Joseph, Missouri. That yep. was very interesting. Hate Department was exhilarating. Definitely loved the band members and the lineup that he had on the set. It was really, really, really amazing. And Bellhead was really, really wonderful as well. So were the supporting bands. We got to do uh, an interview. With all of the bands out there and that were most of the bands and that was pretty exhilarating. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah. Doug got to interview uh, Stephen Siebold of Hate Department. We got to talk to Karen and Ivan of Bellhead. Skate Bar was really, really wonderful. They were really accommodating to us as yes. far as allowing us to use their space for these interviews. Yeah. And they,
1: they they let us kind of squat in there for a while and really take up their space. And they, <laughs> yeah. were, they were very gracious about it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was a very wonderful and positive experience for us as well as for the bands. And I think that we will definitely be going out there again just to support their music scene, just as a whole. It's a wonderful venue, wonderful people. It,
1: it was a very good vibe up there. You had a lot of people like just standing out front, which we'd seen at some other places, but this didn't feel like it was so distant, mainly because it's a smaller venue. But then being the skate bar, they had some uh, some members of the staff that would actually go out front and skate on skateboards in the street you while know, things were going on. It, it, was, it was good. It had a, a very good energy to it.
0: And uh, it was Unfolding Sounds first field assignment, you know, us actually getting out of our city and going out there and definitely keep an eye out for that interview coming very, very soon.
1: Or depending on when this episode comes out, it may have already come out. So, you know,
0: just, just pay attention to the feed. But yeah, other than that, I've been doing pretty good. So let's go ahead and jump into our music review. We definitely have a lot to talk about. My colleague Doug selected these albums for this edition, and uh, i'm gonna go ahead and let him introduce these
1: the theme i ended up selecting for this was local bands but local bands associated with fixed records little history on fixed records fixed records is a record label started by clayton who is primarily known for his project cell dweller he did some work in the 90s under the name circle of dust that project kind of fell apart and burned out after a while then he started cell dweller which gained a lot of popularity Then he decided to start his own record label and hiring other genre bands. Then he started another project called Scandroid that was very much like an 80s synthwave project. And he started an offshoot from his record label called Fixed Noir. And he started signing on a bunch of synthwave bands. And that pretty much leads us into our first band, which is Essengers After Dark, which I was familiar with Essinger before all of this then I remember reading online that Essinger, a band I knew as a local guy, was signed to Fixed Records, Clayton's record label. So it was exciting because I I love for local bands to get out there, get exposure, succeed. I was a little apprehensive because I'm a little hit or miss with Synthwave, and they said that he'd signed to Fixed Noir, which is exclusively Synthwave stuff. And up to that point, Essinger's albums, or I guess singles, were weren't really synthwave. They're more kind of an indie electronic. He refers to it as post-EDM, which I think works as a genre tag. Right. I was a little worried but still excited that he was making it out there. Then the album came out. Kind of curious as to what you thought about this, because you're you're new to the this artist and this album, correct?
0: Right, right. I was definitely very amazed uh, when I found out that Essinger was local. You know, this is a project that's been making some waves here. I thought that the overall album was, was really awesome. Synthwave, I thought it was in the vein of Perturbator, Scandroid, of course. Yep. And you can definitely hear strong influences of Cell Dweller in there. You know, I'm a huge follower of Clayton and his projects. And Clayton shows up on one of the tracks. Right. It's got a really sci-fi vibe to it as well. I thought it yes. was really well-produced. Really wonderful arrangements on the album. It was really, really awesome.
1: Yeah, overall, it took me not a lot of effort. There's definitely albums that I had to put way more effort into. To uh, even this was to definitely an easy listen, yeah, for sure. It, it's an easy listen. Parts of me wanted to bounce off some of the synthwave, especially the opening track, After Dark. It is super just by-the-number synthwave. There's not a whole lot of other things. But one of the things I really like about Essinger, I love his voice, and he himself injects a lot of personality into the songs that could by themselves just be more generic. But he brings them to life, mostly with his vocals, and
0: he makes it better. The vocals are really good in this, and these are really, really well constructed tracks. He starts the album off with Shinigami, which is kind of a non bient intro, and jumps into uh, the single After Dark. Only after dark. This was actually written in 2019. Kind of reminds me of Gunships, kind of like a yes. slower power jam. Again, it's a really good way to kick off the album, and then he goes into Half Life. He shows us a variety of vocal styles on here. The screaming was really cool.
1: Yeah, I, I love his voice in the pre-chorus. That he he has like just the right amount of shouty vocals.
0: In touch, with everything. So call it-
1: It's not like overly metal or anything, but it's clear, it's understandable, but it feels like kind of heavy and emotional like it carries some emotion with it which is exactly what i want out of it
0: and again the vocal style the vocal effects on this very much in the vein of cell dweller and, and you can see clayton's influence as well in just pretty much a lot of these bands here
1: yeah you get to tracks like Offworld, where it's a little more laid back the whole thing's kind of a vocoder and doesn't have any clean vocals in it you get closer to the end of the song and you've got this part where he just does this vocal loop it says can't undo this But mm-hmm. since it's just a loop and it's going through like a vocoder talk box kind of thing, and reminiscent a little bit of Daft Pump.
0: Everything, again, has a very strong sci-fi feel to it. Empire of Steel, for example. Oh, absolutely. Huge Scandroid vibes on that. It felt very sci-fi. Fear of really loved the synth and guitar work on that one. Which was one of the tracks that stood out to you the most?
1: So i already talked about Half-Life. I absolutely love that track. The other one that I think is the big song off of here that I think just stands out is uh, Lost Boys, which is a track they did with Young Medicine, who is a band we'll be talking about in a minute. The song has a slightly weird structure to it, and I tried discussing this with my wife as a sanity check, and it didn't completely clear that, you know, maybe I'm just looking at this wrong. I think the track's great. I love everything about it really. The chorus sounds like a pre-chorus, and it doesn't sound like there's a chorus, but that's just being a weird picky thing. Right. <laughs> but yeah, when uh when Young Medicine kicks in with doing the, the shouty parts of the on the chorus and the guitars and stuff, I really like the track. Take your
0: poison, I'll hunt you down, Take your grave at the edge of town. Not a trace left to be found. I thought the track was really, really, really awesome. They had awesome duet going on, great job with Essinger and Young Medicine. The track has solid hooks, it's got thrashing rhythms uh, with really cool guitar effects. Just really, really good production. I thought it was one of the fiercer tracks of the album and a great collaboration. Then he goes into another collab, which is Downfall. With Lexi Norton She had a beautiful voice That was also a solid collaboration Great duet That's always really good To see in this type of music And,
1: and that song has one of the crunchier bass lines
0: You can be my
1: Sometimes the bass lines on these don't stand out too much, but on this track, I, I thought it did. Solid track, there's just a little bit extra there to kind of punch up the production and make it go from a good track to a great track.
0: And they wrap it up with Blood Moon, which is the last super dramatic emotional track of the album. The vocal arrangements on this were super dope. I was really fond of that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a good way to wrap up the album. Yeah, Overall, it was a quick and solid, easy listen. I,
1: I think it's worth noting that he's released a number of singles after this that also aren't really Synthwave. It seems to be like this album was his statement on Synthwave, and he m- might be moving on to other things. And he's currently on tour right now, right? Yeah, I'm kicking myself for skipping out on the show. But yeah, he played over at the record bar, and then two days after that he goes on a 30-plus like, day tour across the United States. Way to put Kansas City on the map. I, I'm at least happy he did a show here before going on a tour. The, the Get Up kids are, are, are somewhat notorious for, like, they'll do big tours and they won't even play Kansas City, even though they
0: live here. Overall, it was a great album. I really loved Essinger. Uh, easy listen, really great vibes off that one. Uh, way to put Kansas City, Missouri on the map. So I thought that was really awesome. Yes. Our next selection is in the same vein, Synthwave kind of that cyberpunk world with young medicine interlinked. This is from Fix Neon Management. And this is a hybrid fusion of really aggressive electronic music influences. You got synthwave, you got some orchestral influences in there. You got a lot of rock influences as well on this. The band kind of describes themselves
1: as a if synthwave met metalcore met a boy band and it fits. So yeah, Young Medicine, Michael McVoy on drums, Josh Hurst as a, the guitarist and the vocalist, and Brett Lieber as keyboardist and the other vocalist. There are two vocalists. They share vocal duties. Apparently, the two vocalists, they started off in a metalcore band back in 2008, called Bella Murte, And I might be pronouncing it wrong, but that's okay. Much like Essinger, the first time I ever heard of these guys was another artist by the name of Puppet that was playing Aftershock that I wanted to go see. And they had a list of opening bands. And both Essinger and Young Medicine were on there. I'd never heard of them before. I just had to go look them up and figure it out. When I saw them in concert the first time, they had a bass player with them by the name of, I think it's Peter Romano. Yeah, he played bass. He did some shouting vocals. He was promoting the new albums. Like, hey, we got a new album coming out. And then suddenly he's not part of it anymore. He's not at the shows. He's not in the music videos. He is not listed in the credits of any of the albums. So I don't know what happened there. Interesting. It just, it's weird when a band goes from like four piece to a three piece where you're just missing an instrument. There's no good explanation. So hopefully that was good for everybody involved. And it's not something, it's not really for us to know because they hadn't put it out there and that's okay.
0: Hopefully so. But yeah, I really love how they explore and blend different genres within synthwave. A little bit of synth pop there, electronic elements, a little bit of retro wave there. They start us off with uh, Within Cells. That track is a short segue into Interlinked. Which very much feels
1: like the same track. Anytime I listen to it, I
0: forget that it's broken up into two different tracks.
1: And the nerd in me has to bring up the fact that the album title Interlinked, as well as this Breaks the World and Within Cells are all references to Blade Runner 2049. And then one of the other tracks, Violent Delights, is a reference, to, well, technically it's a Shakespeare reference, but it's really a reference to uh, Westworld where they, they use that line of uh, these violent delights have violent ends. They use that line a lot in Westworld season one. So yeah, nerds!
0: (laughs) Interlinked was a beautiful track, it's got a great hook, great rising momentum, it's got great vocal arrangements, it was really well produced, I thought it was a really awesome track.
1: Yeah, these guys have terrific energy, which is kind of their whole selling point. Luckily, that carries over in their live shows. I took my 15-year-old to go see them at their last show, and he was just blown away. Now, to be fair, he hadn't been in too many shows, but yeah, he was just blown away. It was a good way to to start off the album. It kind of gives you everything that's going to come after it. It's just good.
0: I think introducing a 15-year-old to something like this, I would think that they would have a lot to say about it. Yeah. Now, to be fair, he's mostly into classic rap of all things so, like
1: he's a big Nas fan if you're gonna listen to like some other genre stuff like that like mm. at least he's got some taste
0: <laughs> hey him and i i i am very big on old school east coast underground hip-hop i have an immaculate taste <laughs> in that that's one of my fall two genres whenever i'm usually at home i listen to krs1 oh, yeah. buckshot helta skelta sean price you know i could go on and on i love music from that genre (laughs) then we move into the song was it shinju shinju's their next track Then this one was more jazzed up i like how they build up into a fierce chorus in there they got a lot of heavy drums it's got a
1: big chorus to it yeah
0: Yes, yes, and uh, lots of really heavy drum action on this one. Huge, very strong rhythm on this. Yeah, it's
1: one of the standout tracks from the album. And I looked up Shinju on Google, and I think the literal definition has to do with double suicide in Japanese between friends or lovers or something, but it's also the name of a whiskey, and it's also the name of a sushi bar in Prairie Village. So I keep thinking (laughs) it has to have another name because who's going to name their sushi bar Double Suicide? So I don't know. I didn't find the answer.
0: (laughs) They do a really interesting job in their track production. Their tracks don't just stay in one certain order. They go in many different directions. I really like Partner in Time, Partner in Crime. That song constantly transforms and evolves and goes in a lot of directions. It's got wonderful hooks and peaks. When they say, set me free again, that was really dope. The song structure-wise, and maybe more vocally,
1: it reminds me of a, a little bit of like early 2000s emo stuff, like Panic the Disco and whatnot. As far as song structure and, and vocal stylings go, I, I was getting a little bit of vibes off of that. Which, once again, I'm not going to... The early Panic the Disco album is like pretty damn good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was really awesome. They have a two part track that I thought was one of the ones that kind of stood out the most as far as these two go. This Breaks the World. That's a slow jam with really synthesized vocals, and that's a segue into Not Human, which yeah. I thought was the most emotional track of the album. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's the biggest, I think, the biggest track off of this album. Not that anything's made for radio play anymore, but it's kind of made for radio. Like, it's just, it's got the big hooky chorus, and yeah. I can't. a well-produced catchy pop track
0: almost i just love the drumming on this i thought it was really really awesome
1: yeah the drummer seems to be really good for all these different genres he's got to handle the synthwave part but he's also kind of the driving force that brings out the metalcore feel to it because he's got to do the double kick occasionally he's the one that's got to keep that feel of the multiple genres and he does it well
0: they get very synth pop here with little misanthropy (laughs) Very dirty little secret kind of feel. I felt like reminded me of an anime AMV on YouTube for some reason. It wouldn't totally surprise me if somebody's made one. (laughs) They wrap up the album with violent delights. I really love the changes of rhythm and beat on this one, and a great use of sax.
1: Yeah, I always forget that there's a sax on the last the last track of the album and it's just like, yeah, that that makes sense. It totally fits in with the vibe of the album. That seems to be a bit of a thing with synth-wavy or even industrial bands like starting to add in more sax to their stuff, but it, it definitely fits here. There, there's definitely a lot of sci-fi stuff going on in this. It all feels very disjointed and kind of, well, for lack of a better term, generic. There's a lot of sci-fi-ish you know, story things going on, but they don't really seem to point to much of anything.
0: Yeah, as far as that goes, I didn't particularly find a, a creative direction that was headed anywhere with that. Yeah, going through the lyrics of most of these albums... They're not super in-depth.
1: <laughs> they, they work for what they are. Like, if you're looking for just something good to sing along to, and it's there for it. If you're looking for something a little more in-depth and emotional, there, there's better places to go for that, specifically. The, the album is a good listen. It is a good listen, a very easy listen. Very, very energetic. I think that's the band's main selling point, is how much they just go with everything, and it's good.
0: Yeah, I, overall, I enjoyed the album. Again, it was a very easy listen. And definitely look forward to hearing what they put out next. Again, another band that's putting Kansas City, Missouri on the map. I think that's definitely awesome.
1: They, they've definitely got new music in the works. They've been releasing singles every few months really since this album came out. So they seem to be putting together another album.
0: We'll keep a pulse on these guys and see what they're up to for sure. Moving on into our next album selection here to wrap up our episode. This band is The Browning and their album, End of Existence. So this is Missouri metal. A lot of the same synth wave elements, but strong elements of metal. And I was definitely drawn into this album. I thought it was definitely very interesting. I had first heard
1: of the band back in late 2019. There was a tour that was about ready to come through with Carnifax, Three Teeth, and Scold, and the Browning were on there. That was the first time I'd ever heard of them. And I was ashamed that they were a local band that i had never heard of who wasn't like a new an up-and-coming band. They were a band that had like three solid albums under their feet and were fairly well-known in the metal community. I had just totally missed them. But yeah, it was announced in late 2019. It was supposed to start in March of uh, 2020. So you can imagine how that went. That whole tour got scrapped before it ever got started.
0: No, but I was really drawn into this project because creatively they go into a lot of directions. Even though it's what they describe as Missouri metal, they have a lot of elements of industrial. You hear some hints of synthwave as well here and there. A little, yeah. I think they blend everything in a very interesting way. And they start off the album with End of Existence. Which is probably one of the heaviest tracks on the album. Um, Right, Uh, themes of purification of the world from humanity, cleansing the world. Purging it to cleanse the earth and put an end to the human curse, one of the lyrics there.
1: The, uh, the lead singer has a few different vocal styles, and this is definitely the harshest style that he has. The song also has some really, I guess, jarring tempo changes where it feels like it's like two different parts out of two different songs that are just pasted together because there's no transition between the two. It's just going from one speed to another speed. Not that they're hugely different, but it's very noticeable.
0: It uh, does go in several different directions, and it's just got an assaulting drum line through and through.
1: It's it's probably
0: one of the most inaccessible
1: songs on the record, and it's the first one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I always have to kind of work my way
1: through this one because I kind of bounce off it a little bit. Yeah, then uh, move on, and we get to
0: Destroyer, I believe. Correct. And the track is pretty much about that. Destroyer of everything. And I love this track too. It's got a badass rhythm. It's got more on the metal meets dark wave tip. It even goes to parts, and he does this uh, several times throughout the
1: album where it feels like the song is starting to slow down, so his vocals slow down, but also get lower as he's doing it. Or at least it seems like it. It definitely has more melody. There's some hooks in this one that you can kind of get into.
0: Right. It's got solid vocal effects as well, which I really enjoyed. And start getting a lot more eclectic here as it progresses into their next track, Anti Ascendancy. Anti Ascendancy. And that, is, that kind yeah. of starts off with a synth wave groove and then explodes into wild guitars, metal vocals. Again, reminding me a little bit of Cell Dweller. Female vocals, solo sounds dope as well in there. I thought it was really cool.
1: I was trying to look up credits for this album just to see who everyone was, I, and maybe this is just accurate, I don't know. When I went to go look on the credits for the songs on YouTube and on AllMusic, everything is credited to one guy. Even though he has a full band when he tours. But yeah, uh, guitars, bass, synths, vocals, everything is accredited to one guy. He has several different vocal styles, and if that's true, this guy is super talented for being able to do all this.
0: It kind of reminds me of Dead When I Found Her as far as oh, like yeah. how much instrumentation he's able to <laughs> record and produce and put together and arrange it by one person. It's just really, really amazing.
1: Or Clayton, for that matter, since he mostly works alone uh, when he's producing stuff and he does a bit, like everything. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Right. The album takes a huge industrial turn with Goddess Tot. Straight industrial metal right there. It's just simple, but hand-banging and effective and droning.
1: I thought it sounded like it went into some like goth metal territory with the synth line that was in there.
0: Definitely got industrial vibes. Yeah, I really, really, really loved it. And again, we hear a lot of that droning element as well. Uh, Next track is Torment. It's got a droning intro with a choppy guitar, and then it explodes into the screaming. I really think he did a great job with the vocals on this.
1: Well, it's also got some like low-toned rapping that kind of sounds like Ghost Main for sections of it. Early in the band, before they ever recorded an album, he actually did pair up with a rapper. And that was an early part of their stuff. It was electronics, it was metal, and then there was rapping along with it. The rapper did leave to go pursue a stand-up comedian career. So I, I don't know if he did okay or not. <laughs> but it, it was interesting. He, he brings that back a little bit now and then, he does so in Torment. But he's doing it himself. I think it works well.
0: I think one of the more explosive tracks is Chaos Reigns for me. I thought it was one of the wildest pieces there. The hypnotic rhythm that it's got is super easy to vibe to.
1: I guess it feels chaotic, but at the same time, it's it's more structured. And yeah, it goes hard. Hard and exciting, I, th- I think is a better way of putting that, because some of these are hard and slow, but not so much on this one. It,
0: it goes. Tracks here go in many different directions. Another track that really stood out to me was No Man Can Become a God. It, it's kind of their, their slower track,
1: but it goes big.
0: assaulting melody, really chaotic screaming. Then his solo vocals really stand out without screaming in the chorus. I feel like I owe my soul. So it's just a beautiful contrast with vocal styles in that track. I thought it was really cool. Was there any track that stood out for you in particular?
1: The other one I wanted to mention was the last track, Fearless, because, and this is something they did more on their earlier albums. This is their fifth album, by the way, was that the Electronics took a little bit more of a front seat and very much borrowed off of hard style, maybe a little bit of agrotech and stuff like that. This song definitely goes back into that, where the electronics pick up, and then suddenly it's this bouncy, hard-style electronic song. And for a while, the guitars aren't even there. It's just the synths and the and the, the beat and all of
0: that. I really enjoyed this one. It blends synth wave and metal really well in the introduction, and then it goes off into that swinging melody you were talking about. Yeah. I thought it was also one of the more dramatic tracks of the album.
1: I thought it was a good way to end it. It was kind of looking back on some of the earlier work, but even if you weren't familiar with it, it's a bit of a change from the rest of the album, and it's a good change. Like, I'm glad the entire album wasn't like this. I think having a song on there like it, and even like the last song, it was a good place to put it.
0: Another track that I really enjoyed was Death Warp. I really enjoyed the programming. I'm a huge programming <laughs> nerd. It yeah, really yeah. made me think of Castlevania, huge Castlevania vibes on the programming here. Loaded into screaming chants and a lot of good tempo shifts. Again, throughout the album, they definitely give you a lot of that. Goes from fast to slow grinding rhythm, and uh, just really entertaining variety.
1: Overall, my standout track for it would have been "No Man Can Become a God." I mm-hmm. like it when they go big with stuff and just try to make a big, layered, chunky sounding song with big choruses and stuff like that. And the the song goes for it. It's more in my wheelhouse. <laughs>
0: Uh, great selections here as far as that goes. And again, this is from Kansas City, Missouri. A lot of great talent coming from this city for sure. Yeah. A lot of great selections here. Was there an album that really stood out to you the most?
1: So out of this, Browning was the one I was the least familiar with. I've seen Essinger and Young Medicine in concert twice now. I own the Essinger album on vinyl. I've been a fan since it came out. Overall, I'd still say, even after all this time, that's still my favorite out of the three. Like I said, I think he just manages to put so much personality into the songs that he makes it work. And all the songs he's put out since then, I've really enjoyed. I genuinely like him as an artist, not just with a header of, I like him as a local artist where you give him a little bit of slack and whatnot. And it's like, no, even if this guy was from New York, I would genuinely still like him.
0: Definitely the Browning end of existence stood out the most out of the three for me. And I would have to say it was the most engaging and, and... Personally, one of my favorites, just because it it's different for sure. It it gives you a lot more variety. I'm a huge metal fan. Yeah, Uh, really love the way that they blended synthwave with metal and bringing all those elements together. And I just really love the amount of variety that the album gave you. A little bit of punk here, a little bit of uh, punk metal, I would say. A little bit of industrial metal there. So it just good smorgasbord of a lot of really, really good stuff and really wonderful dramatic programming. The lyrics, they actually go somewhere. They have an intention. Yeah. They, these
1: are a little more directed than the other two. Like Correct. They are about something, although it's all kind of destruction and souls and things like that.
0: Purification <laughs> of the world. <laughs> the cleansing because humanity sucks and we're awful which and, we seem to cover those bands uh. we seem to get a lot of that those are definitely <laughs> themes that we've explored in the past zeal and ardor for example and cattle decapitation oh yeah totally their are bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i really like these selections overall though great fun lessons super energetic selections i really love doing this synth wave edition we really should do it again definitely for sure well, there's a plenty, different selection plenty out there to pick from absolutely absolutely well uh those are all the bands that we have for today uh thank you so much folks for tuning in and joining us until next time signing off this is will system and this is doug leach and thank you for joining us folks we will see you next time until then take care and stay safe thanks for listening
1: The other thing I, d- I didn't include, I was a little wary at first when I we went to go see Young Medicine also because you know, on paper, it's like, it's boy band meets metal meets eighty synthwave. I'm like, I don't know how that works. And know. they had like three songs out at the time. They're all covers. One was from Census Fail and it's fine. The other one was, uh, what was it? Uh, Breaking Up My Heart or whatever from Sync, And the other one is Simple and Clean, which is the theme song from uh, Kingdom Hearts 1. So they definitely have a cheese factor to them.